Thanks for joining us for episode two of season two of Couples Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. The first and third Wednesday of each month, we drop episodes with advice, tips, and real-world experience for partnering in business and life. I'm Jody, a business owner and communication strategist, and I have a question. Is there a specific word for the moment you walk through a spider's web, say when you're going to your car in the morning, and your neighbors see you start to freak out and maybe flail your arms around wildly, yet they are obviously too far to see that you have walked through said spider web. They have no idea what happened. Um, is there a word for that? Yeah, it's called the beginning of gossip. Ah, yes. Dirty rumors about you. I'm Glenn, Jody's partner in life and business. And while I was at the grocery store a few days ago, the cashier said thank you. And my brain and my mouth disconnected momentarily. <laughs> so instead of saying the standard you too, I just said you. <laughs> I think it's an undiagnosed condition called checkout line brain fart syndrome. Ah. Uh. You know what? I think it is. I think it's official. It is now. Now it is. On today's show, we discuss mental health in the workplace and then chat with frequent guests, Scott and Jane Levine, about business ownership myths. At the end of the episode, we'll talk about some of the things we are loving lately. Now, without further ado, let's get started with this episode of Couples Inc. May is Mental Health Month. Hey, let's celebrate. Well, yeah, I guess, I mean, do you celebrate May is Mental Health Month? But we, it's, you're probably seeing a lot more, um, as far as articles and discussions, it's sort of uh, to raise awareness of mental health. And this month is a great time for people to learn more and hopefully get rid of the stigma. But for our big topic, we thought we'd discuss mental health in the workplace, specifically from the perspective of couples who own a business. So right. how that applies. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. It Before is- we dive into this topic, though, let's give a shout out to our new sponsor, Placebo Pharmaceuticals. Here's their latest product designed to deal with workplace stress. Feeling edgy, stressed, and overloaded? Everything piling up? Have family and friends had enough of you complaining? Is your breaking point a little too close for comfort? That's why there's Darn It All, the new over-the-counter medication designed to deactivate the fight-or-flight receptors in your brain. Darn It All works by... Well, nobody seems to know exactly how Darn It All actually works. We got a fat tax break for coming up with something that sounds effective. A couple of lab rats later and ka-ching, we have our FDA approval. So level out with Darn It All. For really hardcore stress, ask your doctor about prescription strength Damadol. Darn It All and Damadol are not for everyone. Side effects may include spontaneous yelling. Early onset hoarding. Developing a bad British accent. Sleeping too much. Sleeping too little. Sleeping just the right amount. Experiencing the smell of Janet's burning microwave popcorn in the break room, even though Janet took another job two years ago. And digressing during disclaimers. Darn it all and prescription strength Damadol from Placebo Pharmaceuticals. If only that were real. I know. So simple. Mm, mm, mm. So simple. One pill does it all. I know. If only. Um, One of the reasons we wanted to come up with this topic, obviously, as I mentioned before, it is Mental Health Month. Mm -hmm. And I happened to, um, there was a segment on NPR's Life Kit series called what to do if you're struggling with your mental health at work and mm-hmm. it had a great bunch of you know tools and resources etc and I'll include a link in the show notes but that got me thinking okay 
you know, mental health is important and it can definitely impact your work life. And if you're a business owner, you've got even more to Uh consider when it comes to your mental health. Yeah. We thought we'd answer a couple of questions about mental health in the workplace and get, you know, just have a discussion, just an open discussion about Uh this, which is, of course, what we want to do. You want I think, me to talk freely about my mental health? Yes, talk freely. It's, it's, I'm going to bear everything. All every, everything. All jokes aside, I think that people don't necessarily talk about it, and we want to say, you know, just talking about it at least is going to help get rid of some of the stigma, which goes to the first question that came to my mind is, why is it so tough to talk about mental health? Yeah. Obviously, you have the traditional stigma that's left over from a century, a century and a half ago, back in the Dark Ages and whatnot, if you displayed any signs of being outside the lines, so to speak, then you were committed to an asylum, you were uh, lobotomized, you know, you had electroshock or whatever. And it's I think that perspective, even though it's faded in terms of the timeline, it, there's still some of that that lingers. So it's not just the fear of what people will think of you, but sometimes it's the fear of the treatment, you think? That's part of it. And I think part of it, too, is it's not visible. Yeah. You know, you don't. if you have a broken leg, you're going to be in a cast. People are going to see it. They say, how's your leg, blah, blah, blah. But if you have something that's going on in your brain, then it's not that easily noticeable, but it may display as a symptom, and we're not comfortable mm-hmm. trying to address that or saying, "Hey, are you crazy?" or "Are you just, you know, looking yeah, left you, all the time?" Or how do you, yeah, you, how do you say, "Hey, you should, you're bleeding, you should take care of that." Right. You are showing signs of stress, you should take care of that. How do you, you know, broach that topic? Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I mean, I, I had no problem and have no problem with sharing a lot of my medical conditions you know obviously though part of that is that people know i'm out for you know when i was going through cancer chemotherapy it was pretty obvious or my surgeries pretty obvious but also you know depression i i take an antidepressant and that's something that maybe i don't share as often but i'm not ashamed it has definitely helped me um through the various years of, again, going through cancer treatment, I mean, I've, we've gone through an initial diagnosis, three recurrences, and then now I just found out I have another type of cancer, a bladder cancer that's very, very treatable. But the antidepressant really has helped in terms of leveling in my mood and not letting me dip really low into depression. And sure. that is just as important as me taking my other meds that deal with physical pain. And you're really talking about kind of situational depression, Mm -hmm. something that may have a trigger in a specific event or a specific uh, other issue. Right. Your health may be one of those. Also, your job status, Mm -hmm. your family status, things like that. But you don't necessarily have to have a trigger to have depression. True. And I think, too, the the tough talking about it part is Mm -hmm. also, it brings up a certain vulnerability. Yeah. When you open up to somebody that you may or may not know very well, there is a lot of, you know, you're opening up and you, this is this is vulnerable mm-hmm. and that's not acceptable to a lot of people. Some people are not comfortable being on the vulnerable end. They're not comfortable being on the other end and seeing that vulnerability, Yeah, especially in a workplace. I wanted to ask you, are there things that you're like, okay, I'm feeling off my game. I need to talk to somebody or I need to take that mental health time or whatever that mm-hmm. that you find, you know, like, okay, this is my warning sign. Well, that's exactly it. When I feel like I'm off my game, if there's not something that, let's say I'm trying to learn a new process or not really quite coming up to speed on something that we've talked about or a strategy, 
then I know that there's a deeper underlying message for me there that I need to back away, even if it's for, for a few minutes, maybe go get some water, go hang out by the water cooler for a minute yeah. where I'll meet you later. Yeah. And, you know, that sort of stuff all the way to, yeah, I'm not going to be in good shape today. My brain's not functioning the way it needs to. I'm going to take a mental health day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of, again, the day that we found out that uh, I have uh, bladder cancer, we basically shut down for like an afternoon. Yeah. We There was no thinking. I couldn't focus. And that's okay. You know, we could have beat ourselves up. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, we don't have employees, but we probably would have been able to be honest with the employees and say, okay, we're, you know, we're here if you need us. But right now we're kind of, you know, dealing with some stuff. Mm-hmm. And I moved a couple of meetings, uh, couldn't go to some things. Because we needed to let the news hit us, go through all the emotions, and then also do the actual get to work on scheduling appointments and treatments and things like that. And I would suggest that it's still in the processing stage, so to speak, because it's a fresh diagnosis. We just got it a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. It still is one of those hundred pointers on the stress scale. Yes. And it comes up and will wash over me from time to time. And again... I just have to take a break from it. Things don't make sense. Mm-hmm. The things that I usually do that I'm pretty good at, not so good. I just right. can't concentrate or focus more than a few seconds on it. And that's kind of an alarm to me. Mm-hmm. That's that's something that I've learned to pay attention to over the years. It may be counterproductive thinking in the short term. Well, if you're going to be taking five minutes off or 10 minutes off, your productivity is going to go through the floor. It will in the short term. That may be true. You may lose an entire day or a couple of days, but you can't outrun this. Right. You have to feel what you're feeling. Yeah. And work through it. Yeah. I having you know met with lots of different cancer patients and 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 we've talked to different people and kind of try to be mentors to them. Is that they always talk about the stages of grief and things like that. And mm-hmm. yes, it may be stages, but a lot of times it's just sort of a. You go through all of them. Yeah. You go through one of them longer than another. At any moment, you're taking two steps back. You just have to deal. And if you have employees, you might want to set up like this is a healthy workplace. And if someone is feeling that way, maybe there are mental health days that are part of the package or sick days. You don't have to, you know, be like a doctor's appointment as far as like physical. Yeah. You can just, you know, do that. And if it's a lot, and you can recognize if this star employee is suddenly like not showing up and like physically they're showing up, but they're not mentally showing up. Kind of checked out. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe you make sure that they know there are resources and your company is a one that allows for people to um, seek those out. And again, Absolutely. I don't know the, I don't know the HR issues of, of discussing health issues with people, but I think that setting up an expectation in your workplace that, it is not a bad thing to be honest about your uh, your health, whether it's mental or physical. You know, we're talking about these uh, warning signs, mm-hmm. and there's another one for me. It's physical. Yes. I can get an ache, and it seems to really correlate with where I am emotionally, mentally, and that sort of thing. And if I haven't had some physical thing happen where I hit my head and it caused a headache or there's, you know, something that I strain my back trying to reach or bend over for, then I pretty much take a step back. I think that oh, may yeah. be interconnected, too. Well, yeah, it, it, mental health, stress, 
manifests itself in physical aches, pains, and other ailments, high blood pressure, mm-hmm. et cetera, many times. And I think the same is for like anything on the mental health, in the mental health world, can, you can find it kind of showing up as a physical as well as a mental health issue, which takes us down to our per- a third question is now we, you know, watch the warning signs, be open to talking about it. Well, okay, you've got that. Mm-hmm. What do you do? When you are dealing with stress, burnout, depression, what are some of the tools that you use um, in terms of, of dealing with it? And I just talked about talking to a therapist. Right. I've done that. And yeah. I know you have as well. I'm a big advocate of that. Mm-hmm. You know, Let's say you're trying to put together um, a cabinet and right. you're pretty good with woodworking. But if you didn't have the tools for that, mm-hmm. then you'd have to go get the tools. You're not going right. to just be able to do it with a screwdriver and a hammer. It just makes sense. Yeah, and I am inherently positive about my prognosis. Yeah. But at the same time, I can't deny that, it, yeah, it does bother me. And maybe I'm, I'm not always going to be happy, and I don't have to be that way no. for other people. Um, not your job. I, yeah, not my job. And it gives me permission to do that. You know, just like you don't do your own dental work, or you shouldn't likely do that. And Who you doesn't? <laughs> you shouldn't do your own dental work. If you are, then I recommend you stop. Uh, or, you you know, certain there are certain things you get a professional i think the same thing is is could be said about you know your mental health there are times when you need to get a professional and there's no shame in having someone to talk to who can put things in perspective too sure another thing i think helps me is when i come up against a stress situation or burnout type of uh, situation is to do a little exercise and i'm a big hypocrite about this but if i can take a walk Mm -hmm. I feel much better. There's something about that that just, it's either purging or cleansing. I, I don't know, and I'm sure there's science on it. Cultivating a hobby, making sure that you're, you know, doing something where you're not aware of the time passing as much as you are mm-hmm. of enjoyment of that time passing. Yeah, kind of like we talked about, we've talked about in the past, sometimes these hobbies become a form of meditation. You bet. Yeah. And medication. Mm-hmm. I think the important thing is that you recognize your own individual signs. You make it uh, completely normal to talk about mental health in oh, your yeah, surroundings. That's crucial. And you seek help when you need to seek help. Yeah. It's time for our periodic visit with our friends, Scott and Jane Levine. And we're going to talk about business myths. Yeah, these are things. Not business smiths, but not business, business smiths. Myths. Myths of owning a business. Actually, Jane brought this to our attention. It's a Forbes article, which we will include in the show notes so everyone can see um, all nine of the myths. We're going to talk about uh, seven of them, I think, okay. if we have time. Um, but anyway, welcome to the show, Scott and Jane. Thanks for having us back. Thank you. You guys are always a, always a fun group to have over. That was lively. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get some excitement on that. Oh, woo! <laughs> Love it. Okay. All right. So, get <clears throat> that out of the way. The first myth that is listed in this article, or that we're going to talk about from this article, is the myth that you own a business that means you are your own boss, which seems. <laughs> I know. It seems like. Funny. Is that a myth? You are your own boss, but really, <laughs> are you? So, yeah. You are your own boss you get to make the rules of the road but at the same time you're worried about the livelihood 
of the business and the people that work there. So sometimes it feels like you're working for yourself, but you're also working for all your employees. Now you have a lot of bosses. You have your employees, you have your customers and clients. Mm -hmm. And your spouses. If you work together, yeah. That's where the myth kind of comes into play is, yeah, you set the rules and you set your own hours in theory, but if you have clients, you've got to answer to them, If you or customers, and you have employees who you know, expect certain things to happen. Well, everybody expects something to happen. I mean, employees expect things to happen. They, they It's called a paycheck. Yeah, they expect, they expect that you're going to fulfill all the promises that you made when you hired them on, that you're going to provide, um, you know, a, a good working environment for them. Um, you're promising to get out and build business so they continue to have a job. Um, the other side of the coin is, is that your customers have expectations and you have to fill those expectations. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's great being your own boss, but Everybody else is your boss, yeah. right? You know, I mean, you, you you may think you're 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 the boss, but really everybody else is the boss, and you know, you're you're doing it for them. So, so it, our consensus is it is definitely a myth, 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 myth. myth. Um, okay, the next one, you get to focus on what you love. That's a myth of being a business owner. Thoughts? I don't. I I think that that's kind of legit. When I first started a business. I thought that because I knew the trade, that I would be able to go out and translate that into success. I didn't count on necessarily all the things that are peripheral to that business. And it was, it was a rude awakening, but it was a great education for me. I know in, in my particular case, my degree was in graphic design, and I thought, oh, well, this will be wonderful. I'll get to be a designer, and I'll get to, you know, do all this, you know, this fancy design work and everything. And, and um, you know, you get to the point where, depending on the, the size of your company, because that's the other thing. You know, if it's a small, if it's a smaller company, then I think you're, you're able to do those things that you really love. But once the company really starts to, to get bigger, um, there's so many other so many other areas that you have to tend to that you um, sometimes aren't able to um, do the things that you really love and what kind of got you started in the first place. Yeah, I think the, the key word here is focus. You may still get to do what you love. Maybe at some point you have to delegate and be just a leader because it's grown so much and right. you don't get to do what you love. But even a small business, it's, it's not entirely your focus. No. Right. I know Jane and I, we talk about, you know, like I, I am the consummate workaholic. Um, I don't have hobbies other than just working and doing things related to work. And at some point, um, you know, I will retire and I think, okay, well, what am I going to do? Well, I used to love to paint. I'll start painting again. And maybe I will. I, I don't know. Yeah, I still love what I do, but there are also other things that I have to do that I do not love, but that's part of owning a business. And that's sort of the whole like thing. Like working is that, with me. <laughs> no, I, mean, I love that. There are what? tasks that yeah. need to be done. And if you don't have someone assigned to it, it may not be what you love to do, but you know it has to get done. So yeah, it mm -hmm. falls to as you. a business owner, you have to step in. I've, you know, scrubbing toilets and mopping floors is 
not below me. Running equipment that you shouldn't be running. Well, with ink I'm, in your underwear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? But that's that another story. Like, I, I don't know how it got there, but okay. tell us this story. Yeah, what's the story about ink in your oh, underwear? Oh, I don't know. In the early days, um, uh, I would I would work till all hours of the night and. Um, Talk about building and growing a business and, you know, you just have just so many people and Scott one night had to to stay late to to run run one of the presses and, (laughs) and, and I was not very good at it, but I was able to do it. And when I got home, I, I mean, I had... I had ink from the tips of my fingers till my till my elbows, and I remember getting undressed and I looked down and there was like ink in my underwear, and I have no idea how it got there. Wow, just wow. Oh, private parts. Yeah. That's, well, that That's, sounds like a likely story to me. Yeah. I mean, Did you guys have cameras in the? Who knows what was going on? This was, this was pre-cameras. Nah. So, um, so yeah, I guess the whole the gist of this is focusing on like how many times we you know seen people who like oh i love to make cookies i'm gonna open a bakery well there's a lot more to that than just baking cookies the business side the business side yeah that being said though we just talked about how how much work you have to put into it another myth is that hard work always Always pays pays off off. so Mm. what do we think um Tell that to all the businesses that have closed over the last two years during the pandemic. Yeah. You know? I think probably there there are equal amounts hard work and smart work involved in it. But yeah, I think there's a I think there's some luck in mm-hmm. you know, as part of the equation. Absolutely. It's not and all timing. Luck and timing and And sometimes like you as Glenn you were saying, the smart work Sometimes just working really, really hard takes you away from the big picture. If we're actively working on um, um, trying to get business through the door um, and we start to see uh, an uptick in the amount of jobs you know, for several months and as, as that work is progressing, if we're not continuing the effort of, tr- of just selling continually seeds. selling more, then we then after about a three month period we start we start to see a decline and it becomes a cyclical thing. Oh my gosh, sales are dropping. I need to get back on it again. So you 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 know get back on that bike and you start pedaling really fast and you start building the business again and then then it starts to decline again. So you know it, it's an ongoing it's an ongoing effort. You can't mm. you can't stop. The next myth is you just need a great idea to succeed. I mean, I think how many times we've heard people who want to create the next big pet rock. Mm-hmm. you know, or fidget spinner or whatever it is, but it takes a lot more. Cabbage than, patch. Yeah. I'm going to do one that combines all three. A fidget cabbage Who's rock. Who's with me? <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's a great idea. We'll get to be our own bosses, determine our schedules. <laughs> Even the best ideas aren't always successful. I mean, you know, um, Amazon, well, that was, it's a great idea. I mean, look where it is right now. Um, that started off as a online bookstore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it has morphed. And they weren't the because, first. Yeah, being yeah. the first isn't always the best. That's either. right. It can right. often right. carry a penalty. Uber, but, Lyft, all the, they're great ideas, but, but you can the, also crash them if mm-hmm. you don't manage the business. Mm-hmm. And if and ideas can easily be copied and then you can mm-hmm. be, you know, pushed out. What you were talking about in terms of 
not looking for the big idea, but you know, that consistency of service and things, it's kind of the equivalent in marketing, trying to find some way to go viral. It's going to be rare and it's not going to, it's not likely to happen. That's not a good strategy to say, Ooh, I want to create a viral video, but being consistent with your marketing is good. And it isn't what it used to be. Oh, true. The virality that we used to assign so much weight to five, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. the way that the technology is changing and the way that people's perception of the message is changing, I don't think that virality, it's, you're, you're likely to, to wind up on something like Fail Army as much as you are making your brand something that's relevant to its uh, prospects and cons- consumers. Yeah, great idea or just a one-shot kind of thing doesn't work anymore. Right. All right, the next myth is owning a business is always exciting. And that's kind of like what we've already talked about a little bit in terms of focusing on what you love. It's not always going to be exciting. It's going to be some drudgery. This is exciting. This is exciting, this yes. This is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, because right. we're here. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's true. it would be one half as exciting if you guys were not here. Oh. Now it's wholly exciting. Wholly exciting. I'm tingling. Anybody else? <laughs> Holy moly, Batman. <laughs> But there, I mean, there are lots of exciting things, not to be downers on small business ownership. There are some exciting things that happen, but it's not always exciting. Mm -hmm. And you have to be ready for that. And you can't let your total emotional being be tied to the rush of everything. You got to be sure you can still be in there to do the... The, the tough stuff, the you drudgery. Got, you got to be thick-skinned. Yeah. You know, to be a business owner, especially a small business owner where you don't have all the resources that you might have being a big business, you've got to be you've got to be thick-skinned. You know, you've got to be able to deal with the lows, you got to be de- you got to be able to deal with the highs. Um, there's just a lot to it. And if you're not thick-skinned and you can't put up with it, it's it's tough. Yeah, it's a roller coaster. You got to be ready to ride. Okay, the next one, this is interesting actually, that the myth that all business leaders are charismatic extroverts. Now, I think there is a benefit to being extroverted, but I don't think that should limit who owns a business or opens a business. And we talked about last time we were all together about ambivert or omnivert, where you're a little bit of both. But what are your thoughts? I think it depends on the business, mm-hmm. the business and the business model. I mean, if if it's not, if it's an online store, who cares? Yeah, you if know? you're good at if you're good at your numbers, I mean, you're good at getting the product out, that, and you're good at promotion. Now, Scott, since you're the more extroverted of the two of you guys, what are you, what are your what's your speak take to on us, so extroverted guru? <laughs> Not nothing to say, but that's perfect. Just, oh my goodness! Just, I think okay. it's been a benefit for me to be able to be extroverted. I like said, and depending on the situation, I think it's been a benefit. It's it's helped me, but again, I, I know there are probably other people who are quite introverted but like you said they have an online store that would they be do me yeah and, and or I'm they're fine with that or they it, partner with someone yeah. and the last one which i feel like we've kind of talked a little bit about is the myth that you'll have more free time if you own your own business if you're a business owner mm. there are some yes and no i think to that um you likely won't have a lot of free time, but you can have more flexibility when you need I it. Think sure. Flexibility is key. is more to point mm-hmm. than free time. We we did not ever miss an activity. If you know the kids had a a dance recital, if they had a gymnastics competition, if they had um, you know band competition, whatever it might be, we were 
we were always there for that. Having more time is the myth, but having the flexibility is the biggest benefit of owning a business. That's a reality. Because, mm-hmm. yes, we are our own boss. Yeah. I think, you know, in kind of in summation of all this, there may be elements of truth to each one of these points mm-hmm. that we're trying to make into myths. You're your own boss. Yeah. You've got the time schedule flexibility. Yeah. It comes down to how much of these things you're willing to integrate in a realistic fashion to make your business a success. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Jody. Hey, Jane. Hey, Jody. Hey, Scott. What's up, baby? Hi, Jane. Hey. Hey, Scott. Glenn. Yeah. Great yep. to see you guys at the official Couples Inc. Uh, water cooler. It's the first time you guys are, have been here. Are we yeah. at the water cooler? We're at the water cooler. Oh, cool. Let me... Cool. Well, I Wait. got a sound effect for that. Oh, I mean, a real, <clears throat> a real water cooler okay, took sorry. you for that. Uh, there's there no it paper cups. It's time to start talking about what we're loving. What we're loving. It's sort of a regular segment we like to do. It has may have nothing to do with the topic or small business or anything in general at all. Do you want to start off with your what you're I loving? I will. And okay. I'll tell you this. This is something that's totally blindsided me. But it's really helped me at a certain stage of my life. It is called Lumosity. Oh, yeah. It is an app, and it uses a series of games to inventory your mental flexibility and your acuity. And it's really cool. You, you don't get the sense that you're in some kind of a filling in, you know, what the Rorschach test looks like. Like to you you're not getting an official medical assessment. No, not at all. But you, you're you getting know, the benefit of an assessment. There's no probes. There's nothing like that. <laughs> that but I you, know you have to pay extra for that. Yes, that's, that's in the enhanced version. Uh, and I've noticed that I have improved over the last month in my critical thinking skills and in the way that I go about solving problems, it's really kind of unlocked a part of my brain Didn't you say that you was locked a, away. Did you say you take an AARP, AARP yeah, test? Yeah, I've, I've taken those inventories too, and they come about once every six months. And since I started on Lumosity, the AARP stuff seems just like, hey, this is nothing. And Lumosity has really, I mean, you've really enjoyed it and you enjoy it. It's a gamified version, though. Yeah, That's yeah. what I think is so, so fun for you. That would be good at three o'clock in the morning. And you can't go to sleep, right? Yeah, you could do it any time to enhance the way that you go about uh, using different parts of your brain you may not necessarily use in everyday life. So that's pretty cool. So Lumosity, that is what Lumosity, you are loving. Lumosity, yeah. Awesome. All right, who wants to go next? It is um, festival season, music festival season. Oh, yeah. Just uh, right in between the two weekends of Jazz Fest. And I saw recently that Willie Nelson is coming to town. He was one of the very first concerts I ever saw. So what I'm loving is I've been listening to Willie on Pandora. And it's just, I had forgotten um, how much I loved that genre. Um, kind of takes me back to that mm-hmm. that part of my life in high school. This is one of the things I can do while I'm working. It actually makes me more efficient at Mm. what I do. So oh yeah, I love music. It's been a good time to actually do that for me. Yeah. And then it's so funny you you're you guys are definitely more musical festival people. We're I have to have a seat. 
and sit down and watch do something. I'm seat. like, <laughs> I actually have a seat. At the, I gotta have a seat. Okay. The standing up at musical festival times have yeah. long since passed. Yeah, Scott, what are you loving? So what I'm loving these days is um, uh, I'm kind of on a um, self wellness kick as far as working out and that sort of thing, and um, and when I'm working out. I'm listening to the soundtrack of Hamilton. And, oh, yeah. and it is... It has got to be a get-you-moving get kind of... It, it's mm-hmm. great. I just love it. I mean, it, it is just great music, and, um, and, and it does. It makes the workout really enjoyable. And um, so I'm enjoying that, and I'm enjoying um, um, hair care. Uh, I've been really working on trying to, to grow hair. And... Um, I don't, I don't think I'm very successful at it, but um, A for effort. A for effort. A for effort. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I got no room to talk about here. <laughs> no comment. Yeah, no music and hair care. Yeah. Music and hair care. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. I'll go. Jody. What I am loving right now is um, we just got back from a vacation. Went to Sedona, Arizona. Took a day trip to see the Grand Canyon, and I am loving that whoever it was or the various people who had the foresight to say, you know what, we should make these things national parks or state parks or, you know, preserved in such a way that you can appreciate it without it being overly commercialized. Like you don't have all these, you know, trams going down and, you know, uh, what do you call it? Just donkeys. Yeah, you just have donkeys. It's very, but I just really donkey trams. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have people, you know. Um, oh, what is it when you zip line? You don't have zip. Of course, I can't even imagine oh. how that would be like an almost insane <laughs> zip line. But the thing I loved about seeing the Grand Canyon, and it's the same way when I go to a beach, is you look out and it's this, this weird feeling of being so small, but yet so connected. To everything, it's like it puts everything in perspective. So I'm loving that. Well, we love that you love that. Well, yeah. Yeah. We love now, that we just you love that we love it. Zip lining across the Grand Canyon while Willie Nelson is playing oh, heck, yeah. some some music, and working on your lamosity, working on your lamosity, yeah. and growing and hair. growing some hair, and we've got <laughs> the perfect weekend or the best business idea people. ever. Thanks for listening to Couples, Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. We drop new episodes the first and third Wednesday of each month. But to make sure you don't miss a show, follow us wherever fine podcasts are published. And if you enjoyed this episode and you want to support the podcast, share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating or review. And please visit our website, couplesincpodcast.com. That's couplesincpodcast.com. To learn more about us, review show notes, or leave us a message. Until next time.